0: hi i'm laura inman and i'll be reading genesis chapter 42. joseph's brothers go to egypt when jacob learned that there was grain in egypt he said to his sons why do you just keep looking at each other he continued i have heard that there is grain in egypt go down there and buy some for us so that we may live and not die then ten of joseph's brothers went down to buy grain from egypt But Jacob did not send Benjamin, Joseph's brother, with the others because he was afraid that harm might come to him. So Israel's sons were among those who went to buy grain, for there was famine in the land of Canaan also. Now Joseph was the governor of the land, the person who sold grain to all its people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. As soon as Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them, "'but he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. "'Where do you come from?' he asked. "'From the land of Canaan,' they replied, "'to buy food.' "'Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. "'Then he remembered his dreams about them and said to them, "'You spies, you have come to see where our land is unprotected.' "'No, my lord,' they answered, "'your servants have come to buy food.' We are all the sons of one man. Your servants are honest men, not spies. No, he said to them, You have come to see where our land is unprotected. But they replied, Your servants were twelve brothers, the sons of one man, who lives in the land of Canaan. The youngest is now with our father, and one is no more. Joseph said to them, It is just as I told you, you are spies, and this is how you will be tested. As surely as Pharaoh lives, you will not leave this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one of your number to get your brother, the rest of you will be kept in prison, so that your words may be tested to see if you are telling the truth. If you are not, then surely as Pharaoh lives, you are spies. And he put them all in custody for three days. On the third day Joseph said to them, Do this and you will live, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers stay here in prison, while the rest of you go and take grain back for your starving households. But you must bring your youngest brother to me, so that your words may be verified, and that you may not die. This they proceeded to do. They said to one another, Surely we are being punished because of our brother. We saw how distressed he was when he pleaded for his life, but we would not listen. That's why this distress has come on us. Reuben replied, Didn't I tell you not to sin against the boy? But you wouldn't listen. Now we must give an accounting for his blood. They did not realize that Joseph could understand them, since he was using an interpreter. He turned away from them and began to weep. But then he came back and spoke to them again. He had Simeon taken from them and bound before their eyes. Joseph gave orders to fill their bags with grain to put each man's silver back in his sack and to give them provisions for their journey. After this was done for them, they loaded their grain on their donkeys and left. At the place where they stopped for the night, one of them opened his sack to get feed for his donkey, and he saw his silver in the mouth of his sack. My silver has been returned, he said to his brothers. Here it is in my sack. Their hearts sank, and they turned to each other, trembling, and said, What is this that God has done to us? When they came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan, they told him all that had happened to them. They said, The man who is lord over the land spoke harshly to us and treated us as though we were spying on the land. But we said to him, We are honest men, we are not spies. We were twelve brothers, sons of one father. One is no more, and the youngest is now with our father in Canaan. Then the man who is lord over the land said to us, this is how I know whether you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers here with me and take food for your starving households and go, but br- bring your youngest brother to me so that I will know that you are not spies, but honest men. Then I will give you your brother back to you and you can trade in the land. As they were emptying their sacks, there in each man's sack was his pouch of silver. When they, they and their father saw the money pouches, they were frightened. Their father Jacob said to them, You have deprived me of my children. Joseph is no more and Simeon is no more. And now you want to take Benjamin. Everything is against me. Then Reuben said to his father, You may put both of my sons to death if I do not bring him back to you. Entrust him to my care and I will bring him back. But Jacob said, My son will not go down there with you. His brother is dead and he is the only one left. If harm comes to him on the journey you are taking, you will bring my gray head down to the grave in sorrow. Okay, so first, I'm trying to imagine what this must have felt like for Joseph. In the last chapter, we hear Joseph praise God for making him forget all his troubles and all of his father's household. I can see why he's praising God for that. It's natural to move away from pain and want to forget. Yet here he is after more than 20 years faced with that pain. It would bring a flood of emotions, and now Joseph has to decide how he'll respond. It stood out to me in verse 9 where it says he remembered his dream. It's a moment of pause where Joseph acknowledged God while his dream is unfolding before him. I've been thinking about this question. Why do we not see Joseph throw his arms around his brothers, give them all they need, and welcome them immediately back into his life? God had already showed Joseph that he takes care of him, and by this time, lifted him higher than I'm sure he ever imagined. I mean, God had promised this moment, didn't he? Here are my thoughts. Through all that he faced, Joseph showed kindness and loyalty. He was trustworthy, wise, and continually trusted God in doing the next right thing. And by not putting his brothers to death immediately, it shows me that Joseph had already chosen to forgive. I imagine over all those years he wished things were different. He'd been cut off from his family and missed out on all those close relationships that each of us were designed to need. There must have been a deep longing inside him. Why did he not jump at the chance to have his family back? Based on what Joseph knew about them, they weren't trustworthy. Why would he do that if it might bring more suffering? It could even put his position and relationship with Pharaoh at risk. So he begins to test them. He wants to know if they've changed. Did they care about him or regret their decision? Is it even worth opening my heart up to a new start? I think this is made clear when after he hears them discussing their choice in verse 24, it says he turned away from them and began to weep. That isn't a man full of rage, bitterness, and revenge. He's overwhelmed with the grief of what was lost. He thought he'd forgotten it, and here he is, flooded with all the what might have beens, the things he'd missed out on, the closeness of a family he wished he was a part of, and the hurt of betrayal. He had to leave the room to weep and ultimately to forgive again. I'm sure he didn't expect to see his brothers in the line that day. It's not like he had prepared to handle this moment. What was done to Joseph was significant and life altering. Each time he was faced with something unfair, he could have pointed back at his brothers and blamed them. Yet, he continued to forgive and put his trust in God. By the time he looks his brothers in the eyes, he's chosen forgiveness over and over, and he's able to think about reconciliation. It's understandable for him to question whether that's wise. For all he knew, his brothers lived selfishly. Did they mistreat Benjamin too? Abandon their father? Were they really here to feed their family? I appreciate the rawness of that moment so much, because forgiveness is a process. And when Jesus said to forgive 70 times seven, it makes the most sense to me that he was talking about this exact scenario. I wish it was a one and done thing. I choose to forgive you today and may I never have to grieve it or look at it in the future. But I'm finding I forgive the parts that I'm able to and like waves of grieving comes upon me unexpectedly So do pieces of particular situations. Memories or places put that past hurt in front of me, and part of it that I didn't realize needed forgiveness is there for me to choose forgiveness again. I know I can be quick to think things like, why are you still struggling with this? Aren't you over it? You must not have truly forgiven all the way. And boy, what an ugly trap that is. God is gracious and I'm grateful he doesn't require me to look at it all at once. Forgiveness does not always include reconciliation. It doesn't mean we put ourselves back in unhealthy places. Joseph wasn't questioning God. He already knew God was faithful and trustworthy. He desired closeness with his family and took a proceed with caution approach. He could have given them their grain and sent them on their way which also would have been a choice to forgive but it would have closed the door on starting a new relationship god didn't include what would happen after his brothers bowed before him in his dream but joseph knew god was with him and he'd be the good and faithful father he'd always been he could have stayed in a protected place instead he let down his walls and opened himself up to quite a vulnerable position giving his brothers another chance also welcome the possibility of being betrayed a second time. I think his approach was wise. He chose to forgive again and take the next right step, trusting God. Joseph's story is full of disappointment and betrayal. For me, it speaks to something I believed at one time and that is if I'm a good christian then nothing bad will happen to me. I don't think any of us want to say that out loud. However, we certainly will face it when we encounter life's trials. His story provides hope, and it's a picture of a good God who never leaves us, walks with us through brokenness, and beautifully reweaves it all. Trusting God often means moving forward in vulnerability and pushing through the fear into what's unknown. It doesn't mean I'll never wrestle with my situation again, weep over the losses along the way, need to forgive over and over, or that I have to put on my strong face to fake it till you make it. No, walking with God means I can be absolutely real, taking my brokenness to Him, and He meets me there. He gently and lovingly shows me the next right step. I wonder if you're struggling to move forward. Will you pause to notice where God has been faithful in the past? Or maybe God is asking you to forgive again? And what does reconciliation look like in your relationships? Let's pray. Father, thank you for Joseph's story and the reminder that although we will face tough things in this life, you are faithful and trustworthy. You are strong when I'm not. You are full of grace and patience. In the days ahead, give us eyes to see you at work. Let us pause to look for you. May we be generous and kind and see opportunity to trust you in the midst of what's unknown. We love you, amen.